Oh, mate. Half of us failed. Yeah, but the like, I wanted... Jordan finished because he's a little he, bitch. He's a machine. He just, he just, he just does that. He's a unit. Welcome to the World Play DLC Podcast, episode 75. I am Zach Jackson, joined by Kieran Verbruge. Hello. And the voice of Tasmania, Ash Whaling. Absolutely. I'm the only voice in Tasmania. The only voice. Everyone else is voiceless. Exactly. If you call Tasmania, this is all you hear. <laughs> Thank you for calling Tasmania. <laughs> Please leave a message and we'll get back to you as soon as we finish doing whatever important Tasmanian task we're doing. Speaking of, Ash, it's been a while since you've uh, graced us with your uh, delightful voice. How are you? I'm very good, actually, yeah. I've been uh, doing a bit of this, a bit of that, a lot of parenting. Sort of, mm. that's, the, that's the twos for you, a lot of parenting. And, uh, yeah, just slowly enjoying the myriad of free games becoming available on the PlayStation 5 with PlayStation uh, through the PS Plus collection, do you mean? Uh, PS Plus collection and PS Plus in general. Like, uh, I think last month the PS Plus offering was uh, the Man Eater game from Tripwire, which uh, I'm terrified of sharks, but apparently playing <laughs> as one is a good time, so it's not so bad. I'm, I'm considering it therapy. Okay, just let's just step back a bit. Like, have you ever seen a shark? Absolutely. I went to SeaWorld. In fact, no, I spent a lot of time count. on boats. Yeah, no, no, no. I grew up on the <laughs> beach, a place called Sisters Beach in the top uh, northwest area of Tasmania. And I've seen sharks doing things right outside of a boat that I was on. And this is when I was like four. And I just, something about things at home in the water when I'm not at home in the water freaks me out. So, you know, I like swimming, just don't like things that swim that aren't humans. So you swim in pools, pretty much. You're exclusive. I swim to in pools. pools. I swim in the beach, but I just don't go out to what I consider to be a, a comfortable depth for man eaters. Fair. What's your favourite shark? Uh, my favourite kind of shark is definitely the goblin shark because it's terrifying looking. Okay. Kieran, you got a, a you got a favourite shark? Um, no. No. I don't. No, I don't have any preference whether they're like goblin or. Biting or... I'm a hammerhead guy. Are you? Hammerhead you guy? would be. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm from, says, uh, says a lot. I don't know what it says, but it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I preferred uh, street sharks, mate. Oh, street sharks? Goodness. How good are street sharks? Awesome! <laughs> um, I actually watched that semi-recently, uh, and I can tell you that Anna did not rate it. Really? Um <laughs> That's all right. Try some biker mice from Mars. I mean, Maybe she's more of a mouse can you, kind uh, of person. Can you blame her? It's like a kid. Well, I think it has to be watched in the 90s. It has to be watched in its natural environment. Mm, on a Saturday morning. Correct. With a, a bowl of Fruit Loops or Cocoa Pops. Exactly. While wearing your elf pajamas. <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, Tasmania. Anyway. Yeah. Kieran, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm uh, sitting here at what? Quarter to one on a Wednesday afternoon, drinking a glass of port. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've got the, the red wine going here. It's 
Good. Wow, you boys are drinking? Can't let a uh, podcast tradition, you know, be thrown away because it's early in the day. That's it. No, that's valid. I actually heard the other day as well, you can't claim to have drank all day if you didn't start in the morning. There you go. I mean, it sounds like the kind of achievement an alcoholic works towards, but the logic's sound. <laughs> oh, it's good to uh, not be at work, though. I can uh, tell you that much. Mm. Anyway, let's uh, let's get straight to it. So, has anyone played anything? I know that, Kieran, you and I are pretty much doing review games. Ash, have sure you are. been playing anything you want to talk about at all? I actually received a PS5 title for Christmas. Uh, when I thought I was just going to get socks out of left field, somebody actually gave me a game. Um, it was Immortals Phoenix Rising. Hey. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't played as much as I would have liked, but I have played enough to know that I'm enjoying it. It's actually it's surprisingly well written, very funny, and uh, I think it's just, I think the people making it had a lot of fun making it, and it does very much come mm. through in the game itself. Yeah, a friend nice. of mine asked me to describe it to him simply, and I said, uh, it's an Assassin's Creed game made by the Assassin's Creed people, but with all the Assassin's Creed stuff taken out. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, you, you've got the cool climbing and the different kind of, you know, getting around, and it's a very interesting, funny story, and a lot of very fun mythology sort of elements. But it's just like all the serious stuff's just sort of been pushed aside. I'm like, hey, let's just have a lot of fun. It's like they got all the all the people on the Assassin's Creed team who kept trying to push like mythological boss battles into the games. It's like they yeah. just locked them in like a little playroom <laughs> and were like, "You guys just do whatever you want in there." I feel like the people who made Assassin's Creed Odyssey finished Assassin's Creed Odyssey and said, "God, this would be a great game if we didn't have to put the Assassin's Creed stuff in it." <laughs> <laughs> and somebody just went, "Yeah, all right, just greenlit it." I also love that there's a lot of uh, a lot of native speaking voice actors in the game as well yeah. for like a lot of the Greek thing, like a lot of the Greek people because. I'm not hearing people putting on accents. I'm hearing actual accents, which mm. is really fun. Nice. Also, yeah. very, very tongue-in-cheek writing. Very funny. I just, I like a game that's super self-aware. Yeah, absolutely. The, the narration is really good. Ah, oh, it's exceptional. Very fun. Very much a part of the game. Nice. Um, is that uh, pretty much it? That's the biggest chunk of it. I've uh, managed to wean myself off Mortal Kombat for at least a couple of weeks just to try and play other games on my PS5. And that's just sick of the question of people saying, oh, yeah, so uh, you got a PS5, did you? Yes, I did. Oh, cool. What have you been playing? The same game every day, all day, all the time. It's all I do. Oh, hmm. Like, yeah, I'm sure you'd like to hear more about other great titles. I just haven't been playing them. I have actually stacked up uh, The Last of Us Part 2 to be played next nice yes on the ps5 now because i think it's just received its upgrade patch so it's going to be you know eye blisteringly pretty or something i don't know maybe it'll be even more emotionally distressing than before with all of the ps5 upgrades did it did it get a patch apparently it's just had a small thing to like uncapped frame rates in some areas Um. nothing nothing amazing the one that i'm i do have my eyes on as far as ps5 upgrades go is jedi fallen order apparently got a pretty decent sort of upgrade patch for it yeah Mm, yeah, I think that's P- that's more if like PS5 equals <clears throat> yes, go ham. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I've been meaning to go back and check. Like I've platinum that already on PS4, so I don't really have much reason to go back. But I'd like to see how that looks on a console that can run it stably. Well, I was playing it very, very badly, so I'm quite happy to uh, completely blitz my progress and try again on the PS5 because nice. my PS4 copy was just 
I, I'm not a good Jedi. I'm just, you know, brother Bumblefuck. Brother Bumblefuck. Yeah. Just Yoda wouldn't have any nice words to say to me. There you go. Terrible you are. Wow. Mm. Well, brother, let's talk um, review games. Uh, Let's have a bit of a sandwich. Uh, Kieran, do you want to start and finish? Sure. I'll go go in the middle. (laughs) You got pop Um, off in the middle? Oh, I'll just be the bystander. So pick pick whichever one you want to talk about first. Let's talk about the review one first. Okay. Uh, Which is Atelier Riser 2. I don't remember the subtitle of the game. Um, Something about fairies. Um, <laughs> that's a good. Secret, off to a good start. Off to a yeah. great start. Uh, yeah. Lost, Legends Lost Legends and the Secret Legends. Fairy, um, which is a sequel yeah. to uh, the first Atelier Riser game <laughs> with a subtitle that I also can't remember. Something about an island. I don't know. Ever Darkness and the Secret Hideout. Um, what? That's not important. What's important is it's a it's a game about alchemy and JRPG stuff. So I think I vaguely remember the first game. Yeah, so I um I actually like haven't played a game in the Atelier series since like the PS2, and there's a lot of them now. Um, but they're all you know largely focused on alchemy alongside some kind of spin on on JRPG stuff. So um, the Is riser, it that really interesting genre where you sort of dungeon crawl to get stuff, and then the rest of the game is using that stuff to do things. Yeah, 100%. there was some interesting thing. PS2 had a lot of that. Was yeah. It yeah, yeah. So, um, the the Riser kind of part of the series, um, which started maybe three years ago with the first one, um, very heavily JRPG influenced. So there's lots of lo- uh, exploration and combat, and uh, you know, very anime story and stuff. Um, so that's kind of where I've jumped back into the series since the PS2, and I really, really liked the first one. I only played it like at the beginning of this year. So I was a little bit late to it, um, but I really enjoyed it. And the first thing I did was ask, ask Zach if we could please, please, please review the second one, um, which is releasing on Friday. So when this podcast goes out um, and it's uh, just as fun, but uh, it's one of those really, really good sequels that feels just like the first game, but is like vastly improved in just about every single area. Um, okay. So, you know, they've, They've made the combat, uh, they've, you know, they've, they've added a lot more strategic options and a lot more uh, pace to the, to the combat. They've given you, you know, heaps more options in, in movement and exploration and how you uh, gather items in the field and stuff. And then they've beefed up the alchemy options as well to give you more flexibility in how you create items and more ways in which to create items. Um, and they've made the super ridiculous anime outfits even more ridiculous. So it's basically just... <laughs> Basically, just that a massive it, boost in every area. It's such a massive sort of interpretive area of how do how did they make the anime outfits more anime? Are they just more over the top, well, and crazy, or are they so, just more? You got to be careful who sees you playing the game. So one of the no, it's it's not super um it's not super sexualized, thankfully. But um okay, cool. Uh, a good example would be one of the new characters whose name's Clifford, um because JRPGs love to just randomly pick you know really very, really Anglo names. Yeah. Definitely just. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is it a big red dog? He's not a big red dog. He's a he's a treasure no. hunter um, with a cowboy hat, but uh, the oh, cowboy good. hat has an eye a, a, a hole in the brim for one of his eyes to look through. <laughs> so that's the level of like costume fuckery that there is in this game, and I love it so much. 
Um, I love the idea that he got a hole in his head and thought, yes, I can look through And now this. I can finally tip this even further down on the right side because I, I can look through it. still see what people are doing. <laughs> I can still see the treasure I'm hunting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's... Um, it's the... I guess the the real appeal of the Atelier games is they're just super chill, super comfortable. There's no like central antagonist or, you know, really impending doom even. It's more just about like exploring a world and interacting with all the characters and becoming a good alchemist and seeing what cool shit you can make. Um, and then like, you know, in the last few hours, it kind of gets a little bit more of a tempo. But for the most part, it's just, yeah, super, super chill. And I've been really enjoying playing through both games in early 2021 when super chill is very welcome it's really the order of the day isn't it yeah absolutely and um, sometimes you enjoy not having you know world stakes at every tur- every corner of a game too. that's it we've got enough of those in reality right now i'd yeah, rather just there's, <laughs> there's enough full-on tragedy and life-ending situations you know in the news nowadays it's nice just to be like i'm gonna make be the best alchemist i can be yeah absolutely job so security is in a video game it's 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 a great feeling when you say there's combat um what sort of like what sort of combat is it like turn based? It's um it's semi turn based, so it kind of takes a few cues from like the old Final Fantasy games where you have like a wait timer before you can perform an action. Oh, um, okay. But it also has a, a secondary kind of uh, I guess gauge called tactical points, and you build those up as you like use basic attacks, um, and they let you either use special attacks or spend them on getting your turn back faster. So it's a nice little kind of like ah. risk reward system where you yeah, can yeah a little strategic can, twist you can move quicker or you can kind of hold back and use it on special attacks. Um, so that's yeah that that that's carried across from the first game, um, but it all moves a little faster now. You kind of accrue everything a little bit quicker, um, and I guess the only real notable change is you can block attacks whenever you want instead of wasting a turn on guarding, which is very cool. Okay, um, and how does blocking work? Is it context sensitive? Like, do you, it's, you, you just there's just a there's it? just a button that you hold, so you can block pretty much indefinitely if you want to. But um, the the trick is to block at the right time, um, which gives you a nice little boost in those tactical points, which means you can yeah critical block yeah pretty much uh, yeah. So that's that's cool. Um, combat in the first game was very much like it didn't really matter what power level you were or what gear you were using. It was more about crafting the right item to kind of get the edge in battle. Um, and they've that that's kind of lost in this one, which is a bit disappointing. But the I guess the payoff is that the battle system in general is more fun. Um, yeah, so I can imagine I that's sort a of a trade off that they figured was worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's also less frustrating when you don't know the crafting recipe or the items that you're supposed to be like using to get the advantage as well. Um, so yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And the review is up on the website now, and I gave it an eight out of ten. The only real downsides is the vocals are very 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 annoying in like the crafting menus and the the map menus and stuff uh the main character riser will pretty much just repeat the same voice lines every single time you select anything at all. Uh, um all right that's I've, always fantastic I very very quickly just turned off dialogue altogether <laughs> um <laughs> that and the the performance on the ps4 side of things is a little bit iffy but much better on the ps5 so is it something that might see a uh, drastic improvement with a day one patch I'm not sure. I haven't seen a lot of those kind of more niche, I guess, like double A-ish JRPGs and stuff get patches. Hmm. Okay, Close fair enough. I don't know. That's weird. One last one for you. How long did mm. it roughly take? I think if you were rushing it, maybe like 
30 hours, um, which is a little bit longer than the first game. But Mm. you could also spend equally that amount of time just making shit. So it comes down to to how you play. Mm. Nice. All right. Yeah. Uh, Let me jump in the hot seat. uh, And we're going to talk about The Medium, um, which is... I haven't watched that in ages. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to review the, um, <laughs> the VHS box set. Um, <laughs> I do. I mostly want to know more about Medium for only one reason. I know nothing about it, but all of its marketing material has caught me as very interesting and slightly terrifying. All right, well, let's, let's talk about it. So the Medium is the uh, new horror game from Bluber Team who did... Laser of Fear, the Blair Witch game recently, and uh, Observer. Um, it's so just is, a bunch of scary stuff. <laughs> it is the first uh, real Series X exclusive. Actually, I think it's just the first Series X exclusive. Um, so I guess in that regard, it's, you know, for a console, you know, Xbox itself have kind of stunk in recent years in terms of first party or exclusive titles i feel like this one has got a little bit more pressure on it uh than it would normally have if it was releasing during you know the middle of the generation or whatever um personally i haven't really enjoyed their previous titles uh so laser fear was probably the only one i've played but yeah i didn't like it i've got i do have observer um, and you need to I, play it. I haven't played it yet, so it, it is on <laughs> the list. Maybe I'll pledge it this year. Um, but yeah, so Laser Fear I just felt was um, pretty generic. Horror the story was cool, but the gameplay kind of uh, wore it down. So the medium. I actually completely forgot that there was a Blair Witch game, and it yeah, came out I think, I think not that long ago. Adam reviewed it, and I think it was just, you know, yeah, it was the same sort of thing. Premise was kind of cool, but gameplay a bit a bit bum. Um, but the medium. So the medium kind of switches things up a bit because Laser Fear and Blair Witch. Uh, Kieran, you can answer this. Is it is Observer first person? Correct. Yeah, so they're all first person games. So this one uh, changes that and it's now a third person um, experience. And okay. it has fixed cameras to a degree. I'd say dynamic fixed cameras. Mm. What, uh, like original like Resident Evil games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that, but yeah. there are different, there are certain camera angles that are definitely fixed in that one position whereas some are a little bit more dynamic and adjust um as you walk but uh yeah so you you play as this uh, lady called marianne uh who basically has this disturbing dream and then gets a phone call um from from somebody and says that uh, she's essentially the only hope of resolving an issue um, I hate phone calls like that. Yeah. Sometimes I just <laughs> want to be left alone. So, yeah, that, that sort of begins uh, Marianne's journey to this resort, uh, which, Kieran, can you remember exactly? Because I've sort of forgotten the wording that they use, but it's definitely a government resort of sorts. But it's, yeah, is it... Do you recall that in the dialogue? That they say that the resort that they're at is a government resort? No. Something yeah. to do with the war, but I, yeah, I don't so remember I'd... which war. <laughs> For people that don't know what a government resort is, what's a government it's a, resort? So no, it's... Uh, I'd have to go back and maybe play that first initial part again, but I, I, I wish I'd written it down, but 
because I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But it was kind of like reserved, I think, for government people or something like that. Anyway, um, okay. that could be incorrect. I might have to go back. But there was definitely something government-related in regards to this resort. Um, and you find out why it's been abandoned uh, a bit later on during the um, the game. But yeah, so basically uh, the main hook of the game is that uh, Marianne is, has the ability to uh, see the other side. So you can play as uh, Marianne in the material world or the real world, if you want to call it that, and then Marianne um, or her, very, her soul or whatever it is uh, in the spirit world. And a lot of the times, well, a fair few times, maybe like 30% of the time that you have those um, sequences, you're actually playing as the same character. So it's like one player split screen. So on the left-hand side or the top, you'll have the real world. And then on the right-hand side or the bottom, you'll have the spirit world. And if you move to the left, you move to the left in both screens. You know, if you duck, you duck in both kind of thing. Um, and essentially it's like that... Uh, creates puzzles so there are areas that you can't go into um in the real world but you can go into in the spirit world that you can then uh find ways to access um that that path in the real world kind of thing so it might be like there's a locked door for example and but it's locked by like a like a power switch right so you can then have what they call in the game is an out-of-body experience which basically freezes your real world character but lets you move around um as your spirit in the spirit world and you go and you collect this thing uh, like power i don't know i can't remember the exact term of it but you get power and you go find uh, like a generator for example or a power source for this door and you hold the button that does like a charge like a spirit charge or whatever they call it and then that fires that that then powers that that power source and then you go back to your out of body and then that power switch for example has got power so you can then access that kind of that door mm. um or you yeah things like that um which is kind of cool uh, so that's that was kind of their big hook that they you know that you could play spirit world real world kind of at the same time later on in the game it does sort of change there are sequences where you're either in the spirit world or you're in the real world most of the games pro probably played in the real world um but I found the split screen stuff kind of distracting. Kieran, I don't know how much you've actually played of that. Have you played much with so, the, the both worlds? Yeah. So uh, what I was trying to describe to you is I've basically just finished the first kind of sequence where you're going in and out of both, like separately. Yeah. Um. So before that, you know, there's like, I guess like two or three puzzle kind of areas where you're doing the split screen thing. And then there's that kind of one big sequence where you're going between both separately. Yeah. Um, so I've had a little bit of both styles. Um, and, and how'd you find the split screen? Uh, yeah, it's, it's cool, I guess. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's something different. <laughs> it's, it's cool, I guess. It's cool, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, it's different, obviously, and it's it's. I like seeing, I like being able to see both environments and kind of you know the differences between the two and how they've kind of stacked them up, you know, stacked the mm. real world and the spirit world up. Mm. Um, I don't like that 
there's like a timer on the out of body stuff. So you have to like yeah. rush through. It feels like one of those, it's one of those games where you want to kind of explore and check everything out. And yeah. then it's like, oh no, but if you take too long going and picking up this like spiritual razor blade, then you, it's game over. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't like that aspect of it, oh, but like, I don't nice. mind, like the puzzles die. are fairly, well, you don't, well, it sends you back to the checkpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sends you back to where your real body is. Yeah. Oh no, I got game over, like full game over, unless you like hit the button to go what? back to your body. Really? Oh. Yeah. Huh. Brown, I brown. I, maybe I never died then. Maybe, maybe I always just. Yeah. Like you can just like instantly just hit like the back yeah. button and go back, but. Um, huh. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's just just casual flex by Zach. <laughs> well, I, 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 I swear I I let it run out one one time and it just went back to the to the um to the point where I was like the real life point. Is this where we find out that you guys are playing on different difficulty levels? I don't think I don't there think is Sanctuary's different. Di- yeah, I don't think there is different. Uh? Levels. Well, yeah. anyway, um, anyway, anyway, it's like it's nothing like it's nothing revolutionary. Like the no. the puzzles are super super basic. Um, yeah. But I also don't know how far into the game I am relatively. I'd say about a third. Okay. Yeah. So hope I'm hoping that it ramps up from there, but you'll probably have the answer to that. Mm. So yeah. So the, like, yeah, those, like they're kind of cool puzzles, but yeah, like you said, the puzzles are pretty simple. So they're not like overly challenging. So it's like, you know, you have to move uh, a cabinet out of the way in the real world or the spiritual world to access a door that's hidden behind it in the mm. um you know in whichever other world. i mean there, there are a couple of cool puzzles a bit later on but i guess what i found with the puzzles is that um they feel longer than they need to be so you're doing <laughs> a lot okay. of, you're going a lot of doing a lot of back and forths um and it just kind of becomes one of those things where you're like oh you know right this is so they feel a little bit like they're outstaying their welcome, sort yeah, of the novelty bit, yeah. so wears off before you complete them. Like, yeah, like there's one cool puzzle towards the end, and it, it involves a toy mirror. Um, and you got to place it. So you get this little toy mirror, and you got to place it in a couple of different rooms in a dollhouse, right? And then, so in the actual game, you then come to a point, Kieran. I'm not sure if you are you, oh, you. You must be at that part where you use the mirrors, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I understand yeah, yeah. the mirror thing. Yeah. Yeah, so you can actually so in the game, um, in order to go between the spiritual world and the real world, you can you use mirrors, um, and you you know you jump through the mirror and then that'll allow you to access a, yeah like another mirror so that you can kind of get past the lock gate for example. Um, but yeah, so in this in this puzzle you have um, yeah like you have like a dollhouse and you got a toy mirror where you got to put the the toy mirror in different rooms and then the mirror in the the actual mirror in the room lets you access those different rooms. Um, and that whole concept is real. Is it's like really cool, but you do it so many times, you go back and forth so many times that it's kind of like it's not cool anymore. It's just kind of it's tedious now. Uh, mm. yeah, I can. Um, yeah, and and that's I think that's the game's biggest problem is that like the world's really cool. The story's actually kind of cool as well, um, though the ending's kind of trash. I think. Um, so classic yeah. horror game. Yeah, so you know, world's cool, story's cool, atmosphere and all that. Um, soundtrack, I was a bit disappointed by because it's got uh, your mate from Silent Hill. I can never remember I, the name. Yamaoka, I really like it. Well, so far, anyway. Yeah, but there's not. I feel like it's very. He's got a minor 
Um, yeah, there's not a lot yeah, like, to it. Nah, like it's very... But, like those like Silent Hill like foghorns and shit. Like yeah, but I was just thinking kind of just a bit more. Like it's um, in in that regard. But yeah, yeah, so I, th- I, think, I think the gameplay is what brings it down. And this has, I think, been the studio's problem you know, in all their games. Obviously not Observer because I haven't played that one, but um, in like their the horror games, everything else about the game is really cool. But the actual playing of the game itself is just a bit bum. Like a, like you think? A, like a bit boring. Do you think is, some of it boils down to like they're not prepared to sort of pull the pin on going, hey, maybe this puzzle's too long. And they go, oh, well, we put all this effort into it. Taking it out would be a bit of a pain. Um, oh, I guess we'll just leave it in. I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting conversation whether they feel they need to flesh things out to get a certain runtime because, you know, games that are... Uh, shorter uh, are yeah, often that's... you know given like a bit of a backhand slap yeah because but um so there is one or a couple of sequences in late, later on the game that sum up how i feel about the gameplay you actually play as a different character um okay. that's all i'll say and then you got to do a couple of you got to do some things as this character and those sections are drawn out massively uh, okay um and yeah, I was chatting with someone else who's been playing the game, and we and we kind of both are, both agree um, that the game probably would be better if those were either sh- way way shorter or just not in the game. Mm. Um, are they major were... plot related stuff, or is it just sort of like a, an intermission? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of like the, like they right, are okay. plot they are plot related, but like the like the like the, the end goal is. Like you know what you, you like you know why you're there in this area, but it's the doing of the thing in that area. It's getting to that point to do that is just mm. like, the, like you feel like the game is just deliberately making it, you know, drawing it out to give it a longer runtime. And also, Kieran, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, but your fucking run speed changes. You will have different times where you oh can my sprint, god can sprint like a yeah. bloody Olympian, and then other times when you just you're just jogging and it looks. It is, it's also or not allowed to run slow. at all. Yeah, or not allowed to run at all. It's oh, um, um, like that's that's a big pain. That yeah. actually drives me mad in games. Um, yeah, and for me, like, other, sorry, no, you go. No, no, it's your review, mate. You go. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, the other main part of the game is obviously stealth. Um, so there mm. are sort of those stealth, stealth, stealth sequences stealth. where you got to avoid a character. Those are cool, but they feel a bit. You know, being here, done that kind of before. Um, oh, yeah. And I don't know how you've gone so far, Karen, but they're pretty easy. Yeah, super easy. Yeah. So overall, I don't think the game's a horror game. It's very little. Yeah, like very little is scary about it. Like there's no, I don't think there's even any jump scares, which I guess is, is kind of cool that, that, you know, they're not going to tropey because i think that's one thing with laser fears they 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 definitely i think from what i've read about bloober that's one thing that they've been sort of slammed for is a lot of games they did are just sort of yeah jump scare central to the point where people go hey eventually you see them coming from a mile away and they still suck yeah i mean like you can definitely do them but it's how you frequent and how you use them i think um yeah and one one comparison i want to bring up is but you haven't played it karen i think is song of horror Mm. so they both have Oh, sorry, this game and Song of Horror have their kind of, you know, the hook. You know, Medium's got that dual screen, both world kind of thing, whereas Song of Horror's got that permadeath, cast of characters kind of thing going on. But I think Song of Horror, you know, that has jump scares. It has like, uh, almost like QTE uh, 
sequences, like where you know you've got to like slam, you know, slam doors and that, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, and it might even have chases in it. I can't remember. Or you know, but they, but that it all works and it's all done very well in that game. Whereas the chase sequences here, the stealth gameplay, it all just feels a bit, just a bit average. Um, hmm. In this, it's and and the game is about maybe eight, yeah eight to ten hours. I think maybe it took me around nine ish. To, fi- uh, to finish um i was never really ever stuck on any of the puzzles but yeah um i haven't fully decided on, on a score yet but it's going to be between a six or a six and a half um in terms fair of enough the score. yeah fair. i i think being a game pass game will definitely help um because it's 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 a day one game pass game whereas i think if you were i felt like this game Sorry, like that'll help uh, mitigate maybe not the backlash, but like the um, the criticism that this game will cop. Because if you go to the yeah. store and pay fifty bucks, sixty bucks, eighty bucks for this game, you know, I feel like you know if people are just playing it on Game Pass, it's it's you know people aren't losing or it's not costing people a lot, just more time as opposed to uh, to money. But yeah, I wouldn't probably pay for for it or at, at least full price but you know on on um on uh, game pass it's you know it's a uh, it's definitely worth a play if you're a, a horror fan definitely feels like that is the case more and more with some games is that people sort of go recommend it if you get it cheap mm. it's enjoyable yeah. enough but don't overspend and it's it's disappointing because this is microsoft's first real yeah like i said you know their xbox exclusive uh, series x exclusive mm. and it is coming to PC too, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, okay. uh, you know, uh, it's, it's console as, as in, exclusive. Yeah, console yeah. exclusive. So I feel like they need to start nailing some of these games. Um, but it's yeah, I mean, Kieran, you might uh, you, you might think it's a little it's a little bit better um, than what I did, but yeah, I, did, I just found the whole thing just a little bit fine, but no. Nah. Just yeah. just because I'm a Bloober fanboy doesn't mean that. Just because you're a Bloober fanboy, <laughs> I like you this game. One game. <laughs> I yeah. Or um, two games. Sorry. I think the thing that stood out for me the most, I mean, so far in the small amount that I've played, is what I messaged mm. you last night, and I was like, I've just spent like an hour mm. going between like the spirit world and like near death to find some bolt cutters to get through three doors yeah. that were oh, all surrounded fucking by cutters. fucking glass panes that I could have just walked through. <laughs> oh, right. God. So, and you've used the, the bolt cutters, yeah? Yeah. The bolt cutters don't work the first time. You've got to push the button like four or five times for them to cut the the chain off. And it's just yeah. like, fuck. Is... <laughs> okay, but yeah, it's... that's kind of cool the first time you do it, but... Marianne's just a fucking dumbass. Like the the hotel's abandoned and falling <laughs> apart. Like you can smash shit if you want. You don't have to like. I love that. Risk your I life love that to get like, Yeah, the knee high wall is just. I can't go that way. <laughs> yeah, it's just like fuck, those bolt cutters. Just cut the first time. Like it's it's those little yeah quality of life kind of things that just yeah. But the toing and froing between the um the worlds that gets. I mean that's obviously like a big part of it, but yeah. I do really like the the thing that you have to avoid, though. Do you? I thought it was really cool. The character? Like, not the gameplay, but just, like, the the vibe, yeah. Yeah, like, like it is is cool, but it's it's also not because it's not overly challenging. Yeah, yeah, that that part sucks, but... It feels like more of just a pain. Yeah. Uh, Because it's like, oh, no, I'm going to get past this guy or this character or whatever the fuck it is, this 
thing you know fairly easy but you know still i gotta do it and because i think there was um see so yeah, because you can duck and like hold your breath and i think mm. were, i think it's in the part that you just played and the creature was like basically standing next oh, to like it, right in the doorway and you have to yeah. like just literally stand there and it just goes yeah. past you yeah if you hold your breath yeah um, yeah i was like okay fair enough <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like yeah but anyway, um, decent horror game, but yeah, probably not the um, the kickoff that Series X games were kind of hoping for. Uh, let's move on because we've spoken way too long about mm. the, merit, <laughs> the medium. Um, Kieran, you've also been playing another game. Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep it brief because this one's a a game that we're not allowed to talk about actual review impressions just yet. Um, but there's a, a preview embargo that will have been lifted by the time this goes out. Um, I've been playing a fair bit of Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury on the Nintendo Switch, um, which is another great opportunity for a criminally underplayed Wii U game to actually get an audience. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Super Mario 3D World, especially one of those uh, unfortunate victims because it is probably... uh, in terms of mechanics and level design, one of the one of the best Mario games in the series, like of of across all types of Mario games. Um, so it's it's really cool to be able to actually play that again, and for me to be able to actually play it in multiplayer, which is something I missed out on on the Wii U because nobody wanted to play the Wii U with me. Um, and now it's got proper online multiplayer as well as local co-op which is awesome oh good now they um, have to play it with you no they have to play it they've got no excuse now they have to um but yeah so we're not yeah we're not not allowed to talk about all of it but um essentially you know it's the same super mario 3d world with for whatever reason slightly faster movement um and a bunch of really cool quality of life changes like online multiplayer um neat little photo mode um stuff like that but also uh the other part of the equation which is bowser's fury which is a brand new essentially a brand new game that comes with super mario 3d world has its own little separate main menu and everything so it's not like a an add-on or additional world or anything it's like a a whole separate entity yeah because that's Um, what i was going to ask whether or not it was just another world that they've tacked no it's like a a whole new it's like a whole new thing um again not allowed to talk about too much but it's essentially a pseudo open world like free roaming experience um so it takes the super mario 3d world engine and mechanics and makes a proper fully 3d game out of them um and you you kind of just go hopping from island to island in this this little world um and each island's almost like its own little mini mario level with its own objectives where you got to find cat shines and you collect enough of those and you get to fight the giant angry bowser that terrorizes you um with the, the the Bowser who is full of fury, the Bowser who is full of fury. Um, so yeah, the the core kind of gimmick, I guess, is he is always kind of in the background of the world, gradually getting angrier and angrier, and he pops up every now and then, and the world kind of transforms, and he just throws shit everywhere, and you've got to either survive and wait it out, or um, if you have enough of the cat shines that you've collected in the meantime, you can transform into what the internet has dubbed Super Saiyan Mario. Um, which is like a kaiju-sized Mario, and you can have like a big Godzilla fight with Bowser, um, which is which is super super interesting. Um, again, not allowed to talk about what happens then, but uh, yeah, it's 
it's a cool concept. Um, it's very cool that it's like its own little game. Um, I'm not really sure how long it is, but it seems fairly substantial as well. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's essentially Super Mario 3D World crossed with Odyssey, uh, including Godzilla. Yeah, so, sounds pretty excellent. I mean, yeah. the fact that it's got such a, I guess, quite a sizable expansion on what it originally was is really good because I know that a lot of the uh, the Wii U sort of pseudo ports the main criticism sort of people sort of lob at it is oh we've already played this game before mm. and they completely discredit things like the actual quality of life improvements you get absolutely like, yeah mario kart 8 deluxe was fantastic on the switch just because of the added benefits of what they fixed so that sounds yeah. really good sounds like it's going down that path which is like i'm all for that because the wii u criminally underrated absolutely like the yeah that's that's the big thing is the, the like the wii u's library is so so good like first party games, uh, you know some of the best, but so nobody, good, but nobody just a really them. low adoption rate. Yeah, um, so it's like I'm all for seeing them. Like obviously everyone would love brand new Nintendo content, but if we can get, you know, Nintendo content that not enough people played, that's good enough for me. Yeah, it works. Just, uh, just very, 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 very quickly to, to tie that into what we were just talking about, but. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast before or if anyone knows, just a quick little bit of info, information. But <clears throat> Bloober Team actually did try, uh, did envision uh, the medium to be a Wii U title. Or is it a Wii? It's Wii or Wii U. But um, really? given the dual, dual worlds, um, the console didn't have the, uh, the juice to uh, run it. So that, that's why they... Dual screen console, I can see that happening on the Wii U actually. That would have been interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like to transfer from worlds or whatever the... Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. Um, and now here it is on the new Xbox console. Now that the uh, new consoles have more power. That's out. Didn't okay. have the juice. Um, one quick, quick game I have actually been playing that I didn't mention. Uh, it's probably for review. I've only played about 20 minutes of it, so but I'll just talk about it for about a minute. Is a game called Nuts. Um, oh yeah which is a squirrel surveillance game um, oh yeah this is the one that I said they that sounds like Firewatch but with squirrels correct so it basically I've only played yeah the first bit um, last night and it's yeah it's very much Firewatch meets squirrel surveillance it's got these this very like uh, like bold colour um, art style where like uh, it changes um on each day and kind of thing. So there, I think the first day that I'm there, like the whole environment's like all teal and there's, it's like the, it's like, um, it's like the outline of the trees and stuff are there, but yeah, you know, the, it's all sort of in teal and, um, you know, it pops up on, on the, on, on the screen, you know, day one, you know, night one. So basically you got to set up cameras, <laughs> um, jump back into your caravan, hit record on the, on your camera screen thingy. Um, and then that goes to the night, and then at night you then you, you then um, watch the footage back, and you got to basically track the squirrels and, and just sort of see what they're up to. Um, yeah, but that's all from like yeah, twenty minutes of it so far. So I'm probably going to play a bit more of that maybe a bit later today. Or do you reckon? Do you reckon Nuts's narrative takes like a really dark turn when you find like a squirrel hiding a body late nah, one night I don't, or something? I, I can't see it <laughs> being amazing. It's, right. it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, be interesting, but I don't think it's gonna be amazing. Do you think maybe it's just a gaming studio trying to draw a net towards like the very rich uh, 
community of squirrel enthusiasts that should be also playing games? Uh, don't know. Um, All for experiments, so you know. Let's give nuts I mean, it's, a try. It's different. Let's let's uh, let's let's give it that. All right. Uh, let's quickly run around the, uh, the three of us and talk what uh, we're excited for next month for uh, tight in the jorts. Ash, you want to go first, or you want a couple minutes? I have got so I mean I'm so out of the loop with what's going on that like when honestly when the call went out hey everybody let's talk about what you're excited for I had a look at what was coming out in February and do you know what my initial response was mm. it was I don't know what 90% of these games are and also I thought Bravely Default already had a sequel and then I had to go reading down that rabbit hole <laughs> and realize that it's not a sequel and this is the real sequel and that was a kind of sequel and that I'm just old, I'm behind, and at least I might get a chance to catch up and play Control. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's about it. For me, it was a lot of, I think I need to ch- I think I need to just sort of catch up. So mm. yeah, Bravely Default 2, not Bravely Second, because apparently I was wrong. Um, Little Nightmares 2 is coming out, but I, I've just remembered that I didn't actually play Little Nightmares 1. I watched a friend of mine play it, so maybe I need to play it myself. But you yeah, should. Control or Next Gen sounds really fun, or New Gen or Current Gen or you know ps5 or ps or uh you know we are we are we've coined the phrase new gen here new uh, gen that's what i thought i thought i was there for the phrase being coined yeah. but yeah like that's me metal. i'm not i'm not frothing at the proverbial for anything but i'm keen i just i always set my sights on march because that's when my birthday is and i can usually finagle at least one game mm. well we look forward to your uh, jorts in march uh i always Karen. look forward to your jorts ash Karen, what's uh, what's got you frothing at the well? Program? Yeah, I mean, it's going to sound largely the same. And I think in the in the 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 Slack work chat, we um decided that I I've already like played and completed and platinumed a lot of these already as well. Um, so <laughs> um, I'm I'm keen to play Control again. Uh, on the on the new gen consoles, um, because my experience of it was on the PS4 and it looked you know, perfectly fine, but the the ray tracing and stuff that people have been enjoying for ages on PC yeah. has made me very jealous and I can't wait to be a part of that crowd. Realized um, potential. Yeah. Um Little Nightmares 2, obviously very excited about. I was a big fan of the first one. Um Super Mario 3D World we've already spoken about. Obviously I'm kind of in that now. Um Persona 5 Strikers again I've been playing already. Uh, is something that I guess people should should look forward to, and then Bravely Default Two, which is the, uh, as Ash said, the real actual second game, not Bravely Second. The actual real, yeah. Like what's going um, on? So, yeah, I mean that's, I think, from memory, my uh, I guess my short list of things that are cool in February. There might be something else that I'm forgetting. Um, Destruction All Stars. I'm kind of interested to. To check out, oh, especially right, yeah. now that I don't have to pay $125 for it. Um, but yeah. Nice. Tidy. Right, you, Zach. What about you, Zachary? Uh, for yeah. me, um, I'm keen on Werewolf the Apocalypse, Earthblood, uh, which I have played a little bit of already. Uh, Is that one game or three different games? That's one game. Three words. The Apocalypse is, yeah, it's the that board game series, which is in the... The World of Darkness um, universe, which is also Vampire the Masquerade universe as well. Um, really? Yeah. So, Werewolf the Apocalypse and the game is called Earthblood. 
uh, from Nacon, but I don't know who's actually developing it. Oh, Cyanide. Um, what else did they do? They did Sticks, and they did... <laughs> oh, that's right. Hey, I actually kind of like Sticks. And they did Call of Cthulhu, um, that the recent one. So, yeah, so that, that's coming out. Uh, we'll have a review for that um, later on on launch day. Uh, that's when the embargo breaks. Um, yeah, so that uh, that's pretty much it. Just having a quick scroll down here. Yeah, that's not much else is doing it for me. So I think that is it. Just a bit of werewolf. Yeah, um, February is usually the calm before the storm, really. Mm. It's the refractory period after the Christmas. Yeah, I've mm. spent most of it uh, catching up on some stuff, finishing off some stuff. All right, yeah. let's go into the news. So there's a fair bit of news here. Um, so Resident Evil Village last Thursday, last Friday, uh, was given a release date of May 7th this year. Um, oh. And also... It, it got a release date. We saw... Uh, what's that? It, so it got a release date. I just... I just thought it was just the announce, just everybody going mad about the characters in the game. I didn't realize it was actually in there. No, there was actual news in there as well. <laughs> yeah, okay. no. So right, so I thought it was game, just the demo. So there, there was actually a couple of big announcements in that in that little stream that they had. Yeah. So the village is coming on May seventh uh, this year. It is also um, coming to PS4 and Xbox One as well. So that wasn't announced previously. Okay. Uh, they showed off some gameplay stuff. So they showed off, um, they gave you like a tour of the castle, um, revealed the game's merchant that he's back. He's here, but he is now called the Duke, uh, or the Duke. Uh, and yeah, and, and they showed off the inventory system, which is going to be similar to RE4, how he can sort of flip, flip shit around to make, to make it fit. Uh, and we yeah, also saw, uh, uh, some of the game's enemies. Uh, and this is where the uh, the thirst began. And uh, for bonus points, what's her full name? Lady D. Or, <laughs> Lady Dimitrescu. Yeah, there you go. So that's um, a cool one. Yeah, so she's a big nine foot vampire lady, uh, and her daughters uh, uh, they will they will like stalk the the castle hallways and stuff, and they'll fuck you up. And then she'll fuck you up. Um, we found out that Chris Redfield's like a werewolf or part werewolf or something like that. So that's how werewolves are sort of tying into yeah. it. Um, I've actually had a number of people that I you know, haven't spoken to in a while sort of reach out to me and go, hey, you're in gaming. What's the deal with Resident Evil and vampires now? And I'm like, mm, it's been it's been about more than just zombies for a while, my dude. Mm. Because everyone's going, vampires as well? Like, it's it's Resident Evil. If they want to do it, they'll do it and it'll be fine. But there was, I could also, from the, have you guys watched the gameplay? Yeah. Or the mm. trailer? I mean, yeah, like, a, yep, yep. it looks like that there's zombie-ish characters in there. Um, so, actually, I'm kind of keen. Um, you know, RE4, I loved it. And this feels like it's sort of going down that path, you know, going to village and then castle and whatnot. Um, and More so monstery just, stuff. Just changing up the enemies. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm keen to see how that goes. Uh, the Xbox version um, will support smart delivery from um, the old consoles to the to the new gen, and it'll be a free upgrade from PS4 to PS5. 
So that's good. Uh, they also Pretty announced excellent. the RE-verse, um, a PvP comic book art style multiplayer game, uh, which is going to be free with uh, Village. I don't know if it's coming on May 7th as well, but um, they said that there, there'll, there'll be more details uh, that will be shared at a later date. But it's basically you play as iconic characters from the series and, you know, 4v4 or 6v6. Uh, can can you play as nine foot tall vampire um, mummy? Don't know, but also uh, I don't know why. Why they keep trying to flog fucking multiplayer Resident Evil games? That's the and thing. It's, it's they've had some very interesting entries, and like I remember, I think it was like Resident Evil. Uh, I think Revelations had some kind of thing attached to it that I played with a mate, and I could see why people might like it. I didn't. But, I mean, there must I be mean, enough people out there that are into it. I mean it. multiplayer uh, in the sense of, like, PvP. So not, like, yeah. like, not like co-op. Like, I think Revelations might have had some co-op stuff in it. Um, but I'm talking, like, that spin-off game that they did for RE3, which... Was it uh, 6 was, that they just full-on had Deathmatch? Maybe, yeah. But, they had, you know, but the one from RE3, which was, yeah. Did, did anyone ever fucking play that? That game tanked hard. Maybe they're just um, throwing more stuff at the wall to see if it'll eventually stick. They should just go out and make a new Outbreak game, which is like the MMO kind of game, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, Sounds you know, garbage. <clears throat> it was awesome on the PS2. Um, you'd play, play as like a group of other you know, survivors and stuff and fight your way through Raccoon City instead of these... Ah, uh, yeah, really I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, multiplayer PvP bullshit. Anyway, uh, that's <laughs> Village. Uh, they also announced a PS5 exclusive demo called The Maiden, where you play as uh, that character. Would be available on the day. Uh, did anybody play this? Yes. Talk to me because I haven't played it yet, oh. which is surprising. <laughs> wow, I thought you'd be all over it. Um, yeah, well, I got, I got it. Like, I downloaded it, but uh, Anna wants to play it, so I just because I've been focusing on the medium. Um, I'm, I'm like yeah. Raz a bit later tonight, but yeah, it, do you rate it? It's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very much just like a proof of concept, like visual showcase thing than yeah. anything indicative of the actual game. So, you know, you kind of just like you get to walk around a little bit of a an underground area and solve a puzzle to get out, and then explore a tiny bit of the the castle um find an item to leave and then leave that's like that's pretty much it like it's it's you know 10 yeah. minutes long at most um yeah. but it is very 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 pretty um yeah. it definitely sets a tone for the rest of the game which is cool um and then yeah you get to be accosted by nine foot vampire mummy at the end so yep i don't i don't see why anyone would not like it um although it's side a very note, interesting uh it's an interesting way of sort of doing. It's like a interactive trailer, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I'm just now realizing as well that in if you're American, you get to say "vampire mommy" and it sounds perfectly fine. But when we say it, it sounds like we're confusing it with a different type of horror. It sounds creature. like we're anticipating the enemies in the next Resident Evil game now that they've done werewolves. <laughs> They're vampires, but also mummies. Um, yes, that would be cool. They can do whatever they like at this point. It seems to work. It's fine. Uh, But yeah, no, good shit. I like it. Nice. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of people are doing sort of like full uploads of footage of them playing and they all average about sort of nine to 11 minutes. I downloaded it and then made the mistake of seeing the ending 
before I actually did it myself and went, ah, I've I've really screwed the pooch on this one because I've basically spoiled what is supposed to be the big climactic ending. But at the same time, the way the internet's reacting to the like the game itself and made and all the rest of it, nobody's surprised by it. Everyone's talking about it and everyone's yeah. drawing fan art. Just people apparently love big, scary, nine-foot women that, you know, talk down to you like they're a disappointed mother and go, Ethan, how dare you? It's actually her castle, isn't it? Like, is she supposed to be the quintessential main enemy of the game? Or is... Like, people... Um, When she was first announced, people went, oh, look, Mr. X is now Mrs. X. Yeah, I think she's... Yeah, I think it's... Is she going to come stomping after you during the game? Is she, like, the new person you run away from for periods of time? Uh, don't know. I think it's like her and the daughters. Yeah. Or I like mean, she's like less prominent, but a, a bigger bad. I would say bad. that you have to fight her at some point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Her daughters are actually a fantastic enemy design as well. Sort of these weird sort of uh, gothic Victorian witches that turn into bugs and mm. then turn back mm. into ladies and spew bugs at you. A bit like the dogs with bees in their mouth and when they bark, they shoot bees. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so they fly up to you, grab you, and spew bugs on you. May 7th. Um, and speaking of May, uh, another game that Kieran, you and I have spoken about numerous times here uh, that we weren't sure that we'd ever see it. Uh, is this Biomutant? Has, has been a release date this morning. It is Biomutant. Uh, that was some good news today because I was the same. <clears throat> I've actually found myself last weekend going, when is that cool Biomutant game coming out? And then I Googled and had no idea. And then just a few scant days later, we have a date. Yeah, so that was uh, announced this morning um, or o- overnight that um, Biomutant is coming on May 25th uh, this year. So same month as Resident Evil. Same month as Yeah, good luck Far Resident Cry. Evil. Good luck, Far Cry. Uh, does, does Bio Mutant have a nine foot tall vampire mummy to? No, but it's it? got a five hundred dollar collector's edition. Oh, it does too. <laughs> um, if that helps. Two things my uh, beta male soul needs: <laughs> overpriced collector's um, editions and. Well, actually, there nine foot tall vampire mummies. There is a RE Village collector's edition, but it hasn't been announced for here yet. But um, I'm sure that we'll get something at some point. But yeah, so Biomutant is coming on May 25th, 2021. The interesting thing is that the, the press release um, is pretty basic. Uh, it just sort of says, hey, the game's coming out May 25th. Uh, more details to come. <laughs> so well, I mean, it's the important news. And they're pretty, pretty upfront about it. I do, I do find it somewhat interesting that uh, so when they sort of well, like, this game is not going to get a release date until it's ready, until it's fully ready. Um, like, we still don't know if there's going to be, like, a next-gen, new-gen, sorry, like, mm. upgrade or enhancement or whatever you want to call it. So I feel like, the, you know, that whole statement of them going, hey, we're not going to announce it until it's fully ready to go, and we still don't know if it will. Um, I find that just a bit a bit strange. Um, personally, but, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, so it is coming, it is announced for PS4, Xbox One, and PC still. Um, I mean, that's or, promising, at least. I mean, if their dedication to it was to make sure we're not giving you a release date until we know that it, we can actually, you know, make it, it means it's not yeah. going to fall into, you know, the, the trench of Cyberpunk. I think it's just, it's more that, you know, it's meant to come out three years ago, and, you know, the new yeah. consoles are out, so why not take advantage and... Yeah, but I guess we'll see. They they said more more details to come, so maybe they'll um, announce something a bit later on. 
All right, our next other bit of news is that Microsoft, who... Oh, that was a wild day, wasn't it? Because I remember... Uh, <laughs> in the good books for, for, you know, for quite a while, for all their goodwill and, you know, being pro-consumer and, you know, just being the good guy while Sony's just the old boomer, you know, stuck in its ways. Um, so, yeah, they announced last week that the price of Xbox Live Gold was going to be jacked up. Um, it was effectively being doubled, wasn't it? Yeah, on some, on some, on the twelve month one, it was. Sorry, on well, the six month one, it was becoming the price of the of the twelve month one. They were essentially doing away with yeah the six and twelve the months altogether, yeah. but yeah. upping the price of three month enough that yeah, it worked out to double effectively over the over yeah. the same twelve month period. So, and um, as you can imagine, uh, that didn't go down too well. So the people. thing that I found funny about this is that Twitter blew up with people discussing it, but the hashtags that were trending were all based around PlayStation Live, like PS Plus. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, like, the big thing was, like, it was mostly just people tweeting going, you know, <laughs> way to make yourselves not a competitor to PS Plus, Microsoft, and that blew up and took over Twitter. And um, the interesting thing is that I think it only took them 12 hours before yeah. an announcement was made saying, mm, probably not going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a few hours later, they kind of backtracked, and Phil Spencer said, "Yeah, you know, we we messed up. Um, you know, we shouldn't have done that kind of thing." Um, yeah. yeah. So in their apology, they wrote, "We messed up today, and you were right to tell us no." Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming, and we failed to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we've decided not to change the Xbox Live Gold pricing. Uh, they also announced that free-to-play games, you won't actually need uh, a gold subscription to play. Mm. So I believe games like Fortnite, you still need to have PS Correct. Plus on PlayStation. Yeah. No, you yeah. haven't well, needed no, no, it on no, any no, other no. console. Yeah. So a big. Remember how I mentioned before, like this blew up with a lot of things talking about um, yeah. PS Plus. A mm. lot of the comparisons people were making were, you know, hey Microsoft, if you raise the price, you are effectively dub like your inferior product is going to cost more than PlayStation's. Because PlayStation doesn't enforce that on free-to-play games. But oh, Xbox don't. Live Do they? did. No. Xbox not, Live did. So not, effectively yeah. where we've ended up is the cost hasn't changed, but the actual service that's being provided is now basically on par with what right. PlayStation's offering. So, I mean, it's a, net, it's a net benefit to people, but still there was 12 hours of just people well, being very upset. Apparently this the free-to-play thingy was in the works for a while, they said. Um and it was just a matter of how and when. And the problem is that while was still full of people paying for it. Yeah, mm. and they still they don't actually even have a like they haven't said hey from now it's going to be from, you know you yeah. won't need it. It just says that it's going to be changed. Like you can imagine, there's a lot um, of parents out there that are sick of having to pay money for their son's Fortnite box. Yeah, so there, there's a couple more interesting things. I mean, some people think that this was perhaps a a marketing move. I don't know if it was. I read their theory, and it's—it's. It's, I mean, sure, it's all fun to put your tinfoil hat on and go, "Hoo hoo!" They did something to make gamers really angry, so that way, when when they make them happy, they look like good guys. And it's like, you know, the companies do make mistakes, though, right? Yeah, and I feel like Xbox has been doing good things constantly for you know a couple of years now. I don't know this. This felt very off-brand. Yeah, um, I don't think they need yeah. to invent a scenario to look good. They've been looking no. pretty good for a little bit no. now. The other thing, just on the reason why, I mean, I don't know, I didn't fully read the reasons why uh, they were updating it, but 
I reckon it's they're trying to get push more people into Game Pass because if you yeah. get Game Pass Ultimate, that includes like gold. So that's what a lot of people were saying as well when the price was announced to be going up. Pretty much everyone yeah. just said, "Oh, here comes the bullying tactic to get more people on Game Pass." Yeah, like, so I'm mm. wondering if feels like you know maybe at some point we just stop having xbox live gold and you just basically have like a one passing like you know rather than yeah. having you know live gold and game pass with it i'm gonna be honest with both of you mm. i when i found out that xbox live's price was going up and people i read that people said oh they're trying to push people to game pass my immediate reaction just because i've been out of the loop on the microsoft side of things for so long was those are two separate services question mark because i didn't realize <laughs> I actually yeah, went, so oh, I thought that like, they renamed it to Game Pass. No, if you have the standard uh, subscription, I guess, if you, if you want to call that of both, um, then you, know, you have both services. But if you have Game Pass Ultimate, that does include Xbox Live Gold. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I, I can definitely see them having done that to push people towards Game Pass, but I think like the the part of the equation they forgot about and probably where most of the backlash came from is there's people who just play like one game. Yeah. People who just yeah. play Call of Duty, they don't care about game pass yeah. i'm sure there's people with xbox consoles that just purely want to play fortnite um, yeah absolutely so yeah it's going to be interesting to see what yeah how they uh, do that going forward All right. uh so the other another quick bit of news is that uh, over the weekend we spotted a unannounced vr game from id software or id software had been classified in australia um is this a new title, or is this just going to be the next VR Doom game? Well, we don't know. Um, so, if you look at the... it's It was submitted under Project 2021A, uh, and it was on the Australian um, Classification Board, uh, and you just sort of see here on, on the listing that uh, it's got being rated R18+, plus for high-impact violence, strong themes, and... Um, something else where is it just here like mild impact language uh there's online interactivity which is listed here so yeah it does sort of allude to you know some sort of online experience uh vr doesn't doesn't mention what sort of type uh no nudity so you know no but i guess the i guess there's the r18 plus thing is interesting so you know maybe it it is another doom game because they they did doom vfr back in 2017 Mm. for a bunch of of headsets and there's been nothing really since um but maybe it's not like maybe it's quake um, okay yeah like, i did hear rumors that they were looking at like so, I, i'm not sure if it's rebooting or at least revisiting quake there was some murmurings happening here and there but i guess yeah you know we'll see what uh happens later on this year when it uh is properly announced um yeah so that's that uh, Star Wars. There's been rumors of uh, Star Wars, um, the Knights. What is it? Knights of the Old Republic, being rebooted or remade? Visited, possibly. I mean, it's a world, effectively. So, uh, um, yeah. So that got Adam quite excited. Um, so yeah, there's just yeah, rumors going around that uh, a new. Um, Knights of the Old Republic game is is in the works. So um, Star Wars fans get excited. Anyone here uh, keen on that? 
I think I missed the KOTOR series. I watched other people play it, and I could I could admit that, like, for its time, God, it was a great game. Mm. Like, just what it achieved. But I'm sort of in the camp of I kind of want them to, I don't know, remake or remaster one of the original ones so I can get on the bandwagon properly. Mm. They um did, like, HD re-releases on, like, iPad, right? What? Yeah. No, I'm not too sure. There's, like, mobile re-releases. Are you serious? Yeah. I... The, yeah, 100%. An iPad? Yeah. Okay, I'm just typing that one in and... <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. So, okay. there you go. Um, right. That's <laughs> a thing. Sure. Uh, the other good uh, point to note about this is that it's apparently not in development with EA, which has got a lot of people excited that's what I read about as well. EA no longer has pure uh, unadulterated access to the uh, Star Wars license. And to be honest, the position that the Star Wars IP is currently in, it is a hot, hot property. Like it's always been profitable and it's always been workable. But on the back of things like Mandalorian and the next like 30 Star Wars TV shows that they've announced, it's going to be hot property. So I'm glad that Disney, at least, you know, the the mouse can say, hey, why don't we give other people a go? Because maybe they can do a better job than <laughs> EA. Well, <laughs> well, that's like... Oh. There you go. There you I was going to say, that's like... Because I'm not, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, so like, I, I, I might be wrong here. But like that seems like where a lot of this, like the boom in, especially like with the Mandalorian and stuff has come from, is letting other people access the franchise and letting other people create stories within the universe yeah so i mean I effectively like yeah i mean i'm i'm not a star wars mega fanboy i'm just a i'm just sort of in the sphere of fanboyisms and i like seeing how ips get treated and stuff because we're yeah. sort of living in a very unique world nowadays we're sort of you know captain america is not captain america he's a property part of a world part of a universe yeah. part of yeah. a thing yeah so you've got a very similar thing where even from star wars perspective sort of they were going oh okay so we're gonna make three whole new movies mm, they didn't really go like they went big but they didn't go absolutely mega blockbuster and that's 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 the area that I like. That's when the big people with the money sort of go, should we experiment? Mm. And that's when good things happen. And that's yeah. how like the Mandalorian, you know, it's, it's a TV show for God's sake. It's pure experimentation. It's fantastic. And it's opened the door to all this amazing new stuff that's happening. So when you start taking the iron grip off the status quo, exactly. that's when really great things start to yeah. shine. And that's why I'm really excited. Because um, EA's got really talented studios, but they've also got this really weird formulaic approach to certain things where you do get these serialized stuff and sort of they have to make a mistake before they really learn from it, which is a pain. So um, I'd like to see other people start making mistakes with Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> Really well, good on, ones. Yeah, on that EA thing, you know, they uh, they were pushed, what's their uh, Battlefront? You know, you know, their multiplayer sort of games, and they were fine. Uh, I think one was a bit stinky and two was a bit better. Or whatever, but um, it's interesting that they had you know they, those two um, cool sounding single player games in development. You know they both got scrapped because EA's yeah, like EA's like oh no fucking single player the games. Gameplay footage for that dead. one that got three one three or whatever was incredible. Yeah. But then you know Jedi Fallen Order comes out last year, no, or the year before. Sorry, yeah, that went game twenty nineteen. Yeah, um, you know, and people loved it because it was a single player, <laughs> you know, Star Wars game. Um, You're crazy, huh? So it just, yeah, yeah. So it's good to see, you know, that hopefully if the license is given to other studios, that we might get more of those single player uh, story games rather than just season pass selling yeah. multiplayer yeah. games like Battlefield. I saw uh, some more experiments. 
someone. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, speaking of Battlefront, I saw some um, interesting information from uh, it went free on the Epic Store not too long ago. Oh, really? It might have been the last yeah. couple of days. Um, mm. And, you know, in terms of sales figures, I think EA's most recent sales figure on Battlefront 2 was like 10 million. Um, but 19 million people claim the free version on yes. Epic Game Store. It wasn't so. just the free version. It's what's called the Celebration Edition, which effectively is every piece of content in the game yeah. provided to you, and I think even just unlocked from word go, because that was yeah. everyone's biggest beef with the original release of Battlefront 2, was that even though the star cards kind of sucked and the progression was kind of stilted and terrible, there was still this whole point of, oh, it's going to take you four weeks to unlock Darth Vader. And it's like, yeah, I mean... I like working towards something, but that's a slog. And apparently the Celebration Edition is just the brakes have come off and everything's just open slather, so everyone's having so a great good. time. Because mm, like, I've got friends who are so steadfastly against EA that even they were recommending it to be going, no, no, Battlefront 2's good now. And I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll look into it. And I mean, at the low, low cost of completely free of charge, why not? That's it. Why not give it a go? All right, well, speaking of big properties... Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, massive. Uh, the... I don't know if there's... Is there another game in development? Anyway, one of the games in development for Lord of the Rings, uh, which is called Lord of the Rings Gollum from Dave Dalek, I think, is the Dave Dalek Entertainment that has been delayed from 2021 to 2022. Uh, this is found on Gamatsu. Gamatsu. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I forgot this game was even being made. Yeah, well, Day Dalek are uh, um, not probably as high, uh, uh, like a high-profile um, company as maybe what you would associate with a. They've done a. a well, yeah, not game. for yeah, not for this property. That definitely came out um, of left field. But so, when it was announced, I was definitely interested in the fact that it existed because yeah, you know, it's, there's there's a lot of big stories in Lord of the Rings, but there's also a lot of smaller ones that could be quite interesting. And like mm. the idea of a like a golem game. A game legit about Gollum. It's an interesting. Has you Gollum? I've just I'm Gollum at the bit for it. But wow. I, yeah, I completely forgot it was even being made, and now it apparently is. Like it's always when a game comes forward, go, oh, we, we're we're going to be delayed. I was like, yeah, were you coming out anytime soon? Because I wasn't aware of it. Well, it was, yeah, it was it was apparently coming out this year, but um, you know, we've seen a a few games now in in the first few weeks. You know, push push all the way back to um, you know, 2022 kind of thing. Do you think maybe Cyberpunk's just sort of opened the doors to people say, just probably be transparent about whether or not it's coming out anytime soon? Uh, yeah, probably somewhat, somewhat. But Everyone's yeah, trying to like un- under-promise and over-deliver instead yeah, of the other way around be- now. It's a be- definitely a better strategy than yeah. the inverse. Um, but yeah, uh, so in other news uh, around that game, they're actually... Um, Daedalic Entertainment has signed a deal or agreed to a deal or whatever uh, with a it's a co-publishing and distribution agreement with Nacon. Ah, uh, French. So it might get a French physical release. I think it all probably always was. Um, okay. I do, yeah. So uh, yeah, they're going to be helping out with that. Um, and speaking of Nacon, how good are these segues? Oh wow! Uh, Nacon have purchased Australian studio Big Ant. Wow, don't for, seg waste a minute. For a... Shut up. <laughs> for a maximum price of $54.8 million. That's nuts. Um, 
So Big Ant are probably Australia's biggest studio. Are they? Um, I'd say so. I only asked because I had no idea, really. Okay. Well, I'm trying to think of who else would be bigger, but there's probably no one else that... The secrets is. in the name. They're big. Um, so, yeah, uh, basically they get a bit of cash up front and then they get some more cash a bit later on uh, at the end of 2024. Sorry, end of March 2024 based on performance and, and some other stuff. So, uh, apparently the Big Ant uh, coffers are pretty full with cash at the moment so you know they've got no debts and stuff like that so they're and they're going to turn and it says here that they're in, in the Kotaku article that they're aiming for a 9.4 million dollar operating profit for 21-22 so you know they're definitely uh, making money um, but they do games like uh, like AO Tennis uh, your rugby game I think and they do like cricket games like Don Bradman's Cricket and um, maybe maybe just Cricket 20 or whatever it's called um, now a very, very interesting little side to this one as well that I actually, mm. I found out about this not because I read about the sales figures, but I actually read about um, sort of the Australian government's response to game development in Australia and just, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's frustrating lack of support. Um, this particular purchase, particularly from an external, like a, a, an international company being, I think, um, Nacon's French, I think. Mm. From France. So, they yeah. were, so they're formally known as Big Ben. Oh, so big, so big, I remember Big, big so, Ben. So Nacon yeah. bought Big Ben and then Nacon just merged into Nacon. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, apparently a lot of the sort of, uh, I guess when it comes to talking about money and all the rest of it, there's a lot of murmurs sort of based around like this This could actually be a very good foot in the door to actually trying to get, I guess, the, the get a foot up the arse of sort of the, there's not a lot of local schemes that actually support game development within Australia, which is a bit of a shame. It's sort of one of those cases of sort of arguing with, for lack of a better term, the boomers going, hey, we can make video games in Australia and do a really good job of it. And if we had a little bit of support, we'd probably do even better. Mm. This is a really good footnote to actually start kicking off some more serious discussions because now they can actually point to, this is how game development in Australia is valued. Look at this figure. Look how many zeros. Mm. That is how seriously they take it. Mm. And from there, it can actually start to sort of because there, there are schemes, but some of them are quite terrible. A lot of them just sort of get shunted into the the really diverse uh, interactive media umbrella, which is sort of you know, really loose. And a lot of it based around sort of um, movie making and such, which is huge in Australia. But there's very little actual stuff focused on interactive media in the form of gaming. So this could be quite awesome for Australia, to be honest. I can tell you that Melbourne probably or Victoria probably has uh, the best local support they have some good stuff. They do systems. Um, you know, they got funding, and you know, a lot of states have funding. But I think Victoria probably has, from what I've seen, probably the more proactive. It is. It, um, yeah, it's it's very proactive in the sense team. that they do um, actually do something with it. It's definitely yeah. Like at a federal level, they just they just don't give a shit. To be they honest. don't. There's um, a lot of people play video games. Ugh. Go outside so, and climb a tree. Yeah. I I think it will eventually change i just don't know when it's just things like this are good things like this are very very healthy for getting the industry taken seriously Mm. all right well that's pretty much the news for this week uh do we have anything we want to talk about that is off topic i don't really have anything because i've not done much of anything else yeah me either to be honest no same i'm Mm. i mean that's the thing i'm sort of looking i'm very keen about 2021 but i'm still sort of looking all the stuff i should have finished in 2020 and like I can't even use my excuse of I'll wait for the PS5 to come out and play it enhanced anymore because I've got one now. Yeah, well, pledges are going to be uh, coming up. Ash, you would have... You did pledges last year. No, you didn't. Yes, did I did. You? You no, did. I did. I you got them. You failed. You failed. No, oh, I... 
Did I fail? I had to finish know. off. I only had to finish two, and I think I got them. Two oh, games. I'll have to check. No, no, no. I had two left after like mid last year. Um, I finished Tomb Raider. I might, might need to check on that. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I think my punishment sucks anyway because that's the whole point. I'm disappointed <laughs> that there wasn't more people failing. I just wanted somebody else to be my Dark oh, Side Apocalypse buddy. Half of us failed. Yeah, but the like I wanted Jordan finished because he's a little bitch. He's a machine. He just he just, he just does that. He's a unit. Um, and jo- Kieran and I failed again spectacularly. Yeah, I didn't really even touch the sides, as I would say. <laughs> hey at least now i can sell sonic lost world on my 3ds and feel no remorse because i finished it anyway all right but shall we wrap it up for this week let's do it oh no let's. it was star wars jedi fallen order oh mate that's that's the game i didn't finish because i decided i'll wait for my ps5 no <laughs> oh well pledge failed somebody played the game over music from mario here uh, that is great this wine tastes even better right now alright uh, thank you for uh, listening and sticking around this week's episode uh, we have a couple of other cool pieces of uh, content that's gone up as has done a, an early access impressions for King Arthur Knight's Tale uh, Adam's whacked up his Override 2 Super Mech League review and I've done a review for part 2 of The Hand of Glory which I was going to talk about but I forgot it's good if you like point and click games so yeah check it out i can do um, it yes so thank you go to www.will-play.com.au stay safe stay wicked stay teal and we'll see you next week bye bye